When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Well, it's not often a couple of catches overshadow one of the games of the season where Marcus Thornis made 97 off 55 balls, Ben McDermott 91 off 58 balls. But that was the case yesterday after a couple of freakish catches from Andre Fletcher for the Melbourne Stars helped them defeat the Hurricanes by 10 runs down in Hobart. One man that also played a vital role for the Stars was Hilton Cartwright, and he's been good enough to join us this afternoon. Uh, Hilton, thanks for your time and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, mate. Thanks for having me. And yeah, just mentioning the Spice Man there. He was phenomenal, uh, phenomenal yesterday, and he, he had a bit of swagger to go with it as well. Well, I'll, I'll get to the catches and his dismissal in a second because he was very unlucky with his dismissal, and he hasn't had a lot, a, lot, a lot of luck with the bat, Andre Fletcher. But yeah, the Spice Man, as you call him, give us a, a bit of an insight into, into what sort of character he is and what do you make of his sort of dance moves after those couple of catches yesterday? Early on, he gave us quite a few dance moves in the change rooms and, and at training, and then he went. I think um, had a bit of a, a lean lean run with the with the stick, so his his dance moves sort of faded out quite a bit. Um, but he's a really bubbly guy. I think a lot of West Indians are. They always like the the attention, and as soon as something like that happens, gee, it didn't take him more than a couple of seconds to to think of a new dance. And I mean, he took a, a second catch as well, so he had. He had two things on the go, so I don't know how many he's got in his bank. What was he like after the game, after those two efforts that uh, almost won you the game? Oh, I think he he was just so relieved to have... He's obviously um, had a had a pretty lean run of it, like I said before, but I think he was just so happy to make a, a big contribution in, in such an important way towards a game. Because I know he's he, he treats himself pretty harshly with his performances, so to be able to pull something off like that, he was just stoked to have given something back to, to, to the boys. I mean, the first catch that he took was was bloody good, but the second one was unbelievable. That ball was travelling at a rate of knots and uh, off Ben McDermott, who was hitting them beautifully. Your thoughts on the catch at the time, and have you, have you looked back on it since? Well, I was, I was on the opposite end of the ground, so I genuinely thought it had gone for six because it went that flat, and then he just popped out of nowhere because he, he was standing on my angle. He was standing in line for the dugout, so... I thought it was going to be the guys in the dugout were going to be ducking for cover. Um, and then he popped out of nowhere and <laughs> the, the ball just disappeared into his hands. Yeah, unbelievable catch. And you mentioned he hasn't had much luck uh, with the bat, Andre Fletcher. And he certainly didn't have much luck yesterday when Ben McDermott said he wasn't out, basically, uh, when he was speaking on the coverage. I mean, you said he's cool and he's calm. And, and as you say, most of the West Indians are pretty laid back. But uh, I'd imagine when he got back to the sheds after that, he wouldn't have been that. Uh, he wouldn't have been laughing too hard. To, to his credit, he was actually amazing. He obviously came back, sat on the bench for a couple of minutes. No one's ever happy when they get out, whether um, it's an incorrect decision or a correct decision. So he was pretty flat when he was just sitting there with everyone. And yeah, to his credit, he went downstairs, took his pads off, came straight back up and, and just started supporting the guys who were yet to bat. So uh, I think that just represents his character. He's always looking to, to benefit people around him and, and he's always looking at ways to improve. And 
a lot of guys after having the run that he's had would quite easily sit down in the sheds and, and not offer much. But yeah, to his credit, he, he gave a lot back. We're speaking to Hilton Cartwright for the Melbourne Stars after their 10-run win against the Hobart Hurricanes yesterday. You played a vital role with the bat yourself, 36 off 24, but Marcus Stornis was the stars. The star. We've seen him have some big knocks uh, in the BBL. Just fell short of a century yesterday, but you're out there with him. How well was he striking the ball compared to some other innings you've seen him uh, play in the past? I think he's just so clear in the way that he goes about his business. When he, when he gets his mindset switched on and, and he gets in, um, I think the way that he prepares every game and how he trains towards every game really shows in an innings like that. He never looked flustered. He always knew where he was going to start targeting bowlers. Um, and I think that's a real credit to um, to him and, and the way he's gone about his business for the last two, three seasons. He's really started to stand out as, as one of the biggest hitters and, and the biggest scorers in the game. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does that um, game in, game out from now on. Just knowing how how cool, calm and collected he is, whether he's under a bit of pressure or he, or he's flying. He, he keeps a really cool head and, and makes sure that when he gets in, he doesn't let the opposition dictate terms. He, he knows how he's going to play every bowler. On the other side of the fence, uh, Ben McDermott's had a really good summer. He had great innings for Australia A against India. And uh, we've had a bit of feedback here on our, our text machine when they were talking about players that could have played in the test team uh, earlier in the summer that uh, he's just you know one person that should be considered. Uh, and yesterday you saw him again at uh, full flight. What have you made of sort of Ben's progress as a cricketer and how good can he be? I think the way that he's been progressing, especially over yeah, the last couple of years, he's He's got. He's he's starting to become a real three-format player. Obviously, seen his success in the white ball and the um, the one day in the the T20 competitions, and he's really starting to churn out some runs in the red ball comp as well. Um, made quite a few runs. Obviously, he said in the with the Australia A, and he also we played against him against him in the in the Shield stuff down in Adelaide in the hub, um, and I reckon he got 80 odd against us as well and looked really really good. So he's starting to really turn some performances in all three formats, which. If you're any cricketer, you're always going to be a sniff to, to get higher honours if you're doing that and, and, and playing consistently, which he seems to be really starting to switch on and, and, and make, make those movements and, and make it happen for himself. Speaking to Hilton Cartwright from the Melbourne Stars, I guess in terms of the table uh, yesterday, that, that was a vital win for you guys. You know, only three points now behind the Hurricanes in third. You've got a game in hand uh, over them. In, in the context of the season and where we're at, you know, it got pretty tight at the finish. How important was it for you guys to hold on yesterday? I think it was crucial just for just to wrestle a bit of momentum back. I think in these competitions, when you're playing quite a few games back to back, you can, if you start winning a couple of games, especially when you start winning tight ones, so you look at getting two, three wins on the road and then they can turn into three or four wins, which the back end of the competition, when teams are trying to scramble for finals, when you look back at those situations, it'll, it'll be seen as a pretty crucial point in, in gathering momentum for the next sort of four games we've got coming up. So I think looking, looking back, we definitely know that it was an important game. Um, and I think they will really start to reap the rewards of that when we're, we're sort of, or if we are in Melbourne um, and, and, yeah, depending on where our wins are sitting there, we'll definitely look back on it knowing that it was a, a huge win in, in the context of the season. I was going to ask you about that. You said hopefully you'll be in Melbourne and, and all things being equal, you're going to have some, you know, a good run of home games uh, to finish the season. But given what's happened in Melbourne and, and Sydney the last uh, three or four days, as a team, you, you're getting slightly nervous that you might be on the road again or you're confident that uh, you will get that stretch of home games in? I'm still pretty confident that we're going to get games in Melbourne. I mean...
there, there isn't a huge outbreak in cases. And I mean, if we're living in a hub lifestyle, we can be pretty restricted in terms of how, of how we interact with the public and, and being outside of our hotels and, and our controlled environment. So I'm still pretty confident that we're going to be in Melbourne. Um, but I guess that's that's not really up to me to decide. It's it's up to the guys who up the top that get to to work out what the best option is to keep this big bash going. Um, because I mean, we're obviously we want to play that with those cricket games, and whether it's in Melbourne or elsewhere, obviously we'd prefer it to be in Melbourne. Um, but if that's not going to be the safest place to to do that, then they'll they'll find the next best fit. Yeah, fingers crossed that it should happen. The way things are tracking, yeah, fingers crossed. You skip a Glenn Maxwell, I guess. Everyone within Australian cricket that has played with Glenn would know, you know, how sharp a cricket mind he is. But I guess for people on the outside, it's hard to, to see that. But with Fox Cricket and, and a lot of the insight you get through the mics, and we heard him particularly late in the game yesterday talking tactics with the bowlers and the fieldsmen, there's been a bit of feedback uh, this morning that, you know, maybe one day he could captain Australia in one of the short forms of the game. How have you found Glenn as a skipper? And, you know, you play with a lot of great cricketers and great leaders. How do you sort of assess his captaincy ability and his ability to read the game? I think he really flies under the radar in terms of a cricket brain. There's obviously a lot of guys out there who captain Australia in different formats and they've been known to be skippers for, for quite a while. But I think Glenn flies under the radar because he has quite a lot of intricate details that I've never really seen in, in captains, whether it's moving a field a few metres or, or slightly making the field square and bits and pieces like that. He's really switched on depending on the batter. Um, obviously bowling different styles, right arm, left arm, you have your different variations, but he seems to have real intricacies in, in different batters and the way they play. And I think a lot of people that can, and, and, he, and I mean, even the way that the ground plays, he takes that into consideration. I was actually having breakfast with him yesterday um, and he had his notepad out and he was writing down uh, what happened every over in the, the, the previous game that we lost. And he was going through all the details and what he should have changed and what he's going to change for the next game. So, I don't know how many captains out there do that after a game, but he's definitely one of them that doesn't leave any stone unturned and really makes sure that he gives himself as a captain and his team the best opportunity to um, come out on the on the top. On top. You mentioned you had breakfast with him, given he's uh, had a few lucrative IPL contracts over the years. I hope he hope he shouts when you have breakfast. You too. Oh, fortunately, we've uh, in our in our hub lifestyle. We've oh, of got course, a you don't have to pay, do you? The hotel. So, yeah. So, we, <laughs> so I sat down with him. He was in his. In his uh, in his tracky dacks and his UGG boots, so he was he was looking a bit rough after the game. But um, no, he was he was he had his mind switched on and didn't get much out of him when he was when he was down on his notepad. I was speaking about Andre Fletcher before, and he was pretty unlucky with that dismissal yesterday. There's been a lot of talk about the umpiring in this Big Bash competition so far this season. I don't want you to to criticise umpires or anything, but has there been much talk about it amongst the players and and you know what we can do, whether it's you know technology to just help the umpires out. What do you think should happen in the BBL in terms of, um, you know, referrals and, and, and technology? How would you like to see it improved? I mean, if, if there is the possibility of DRS, I think every player in the country would agree to it. But at the end of the day, that's, that comes down to cost. So it's quite an expensive thing to have, even if there's a smaller form of that. Or I don't, I don't, we've, There's been many discussions around it, but They've all been quite grey, and 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 what dictates overturning a decision or or having a um, a DRS or or having a, a potential to review a dismissal. I think the the best way that they can do the best form of um, I guess way of moving forward is 
is is training for the umpires, and and obviously they're going to learn from from the mistakes they've made. I mean, they're not they're not perfect. They're not robots. Everyone's going to make mistakes, but I think the less we can dwell on those mistakes, the more the umpires are going to feel less under pressure, and they're going to end up performing better. It's just like if someone's having a form slump with the form slump with the bat, the more you focus on it, the more that every every time they they fail or anything, it it starts to really get emphasised. But if the if you don't sort of start looking at all the negatives with the umpires, they start turning around. And there is umpires out there that are having really good games yeah. and they just fly under the radar because they're not gathering momentum. Um, it's just all the talk around DRS is really starting to overshadow all the good decisions being made. Yeah, it certainly didn't overshadow what was the great game of cricket yesterday. We often ask this of, you know, other sportsmen, you know, footballers, for example. When you're playing in a game that's really high quality and and uh, you know a lot of good things are happening. Do you realise at the time you are playing in a in a really high quality game, or are you that locked into what you're doing and and what needs to be done ball by ball in in case of cricket that you don't really notice? I think it's a bit of both. You you realise uh, that the game is going to go down to the wire, and you know the certain points where if you like I said earlier, if you if you get Ben McDermott out, you know you're a huge chance to win that game, and the longer he bats, the you know that the game's going to be going down to the wire. So. You, and you get that it's going to be a really tight game, but because you're biased in the fact that you're playing and that you always believe that, nah, we will win this, is the only thing that doesn't make it feel like it's going to go down to the wire and you think that you're going to end up running home with it. So I think if you're sitting down watching the telly, everything's on edge. You don't see any decisions being made. You don't see field changes that much. So it's quite easy to, to get quite anxious and get quite nervous for whoever you're supporting. But when you're out in the field, you're so, so one-eyed and so biased you just fully believe that you're <laughs> going to win the game. Yeah, it was a cracker yesterday. We've seen some great games uh, in recent days around the competition. You've got a couple of back-to-back games coming up against the Strikers, but before then, you take on the Brisbane Heat. And we've seen the Heat find a bit of form. We saw Joe Burns uh, find a bit of form. Uh, Chris Lynn uh, back in the side uh, showed it in a little cameo last night as well. What, what have you made of the Heat's form uh, this season? And that they seem to be a team that the longer the competition's going, that they're getting better this season. Yeah, certainly. I think the way that they play is um, very high-risk, high-reward. So you always know that you're a, a huge possibility of beating them. Um, but you also know the capabilities that their, especially their batting lineup, have with Max Bryan, like you mentioned, Chris Lynn, Joe Burns is in the runs column again, and Jimmy Pearson's having a, a pretty good year for them. So when you look at those numbers and, and the stats that they bring forward, it's hard to deny that they are a good team. It's just whether they, whether you play a better game of cricket on the day and, and and if you bowl better, and obviously the way they've been batting is high risk. So if they're taking the wrong risks, that falls into your hands. So they're always a dangerous team. They always have been, even back in the day when they had um, Big Basma, the, the Bash brothers <laughs> playing, you knew that you had your work cut out for you. Um, and even now, it's no different. They're, they still play a very similar brand of cricket. Um, so it's always hard to get a gauge on a team like that because they can, they can make 200 one game and, and get bowled out for 120 the next. You mentioned Joe Burns there, and all, all cricketers have, have gone through form slumps, whether they're bowlers or, or batsmen. It's been so tough for Joe as a fellow cricketer and someone that would know him pretty well. I mean, is everyone just in the – when you see him make some runs last night, is everyone just really happy for Joe given everything he's been through so far this first-class season? Oh, personally, knowing I've been through not, not the same extent, but a form slump of, of my own degree – I know how much of a relief that innings would have been for him. Um, just to give himself that that real... He, he obviously has the self-belief, but the, um, I guess, proof behind knowing what he's doing is working. It's not just working in the nets and then failing in a game. So I'm glad to see that 
all the work that he's been putting in, it is it is going to produce some results, and that's going to give him that extra bit of belief and self confidence going forward. That you know he is he is a class cricketer, um, and it's just a matter of time and trusting what he's doing. So I was really happy for him to to go out there and do what he does. I think he's the Brisbane Heat's third leading run scorer. So he's obviously been a good a great player for them for a long period of time. Um, and it's just getting that proof in the pudding for him. Well, for your sake and the Melbourne Stars, Hilton, let's hope he doesn't fire uh, when you play them uh, in a few days' time. Uh, well done yesterday. It was a cracking game uh, to watch, and uh, I'm sure it was a great game to play in as well. And the Stars are right in the thick of it, uh, fourth on the table uh, with 15 points from their seven games. Thanks for your time today on SEN, and good luck for the rest of the BBL season. Thanks, man. I appreciate having me. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.